What's going on? It's your boy Nikki Duce, aka Mr. No Disrespect. And I am Spike Lou, another week in the books. We are doing another collaboration of Frames Per Second with the All Deck TV podcast. Uh, doing a season. We're, me and Spike Lou have been talking about this show for a while. It's, it's a show that I f- we feel like is criminally underrated. Slept on. So uh, we felt like, all right, why not we just go each season? Um, and recap it. Uh, this episode, we're going to do a whole season, but moving forward, as we get through the series, we'll do it in more batches like how we're used to doing yep. So, But for this episode, we are doing the NBC, probably the top five greatest NBC show. Maybe oh, NBC got a lot of hits now, NBC think about it. NBC got hits, though. But I think it's excluding, a top ten drama. Excluding sitcoms, yeah. it might be top five NBC shows, but definitely up there in all networks, dramas. Um, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, man. Peter Berg, Friday Night Lights. This is a fantastic series. Like, it, let me ask you this. All right. I don't think that this had a lot of uh, hoopla starting out as no. far as media. So, what made you watch this? Um, well, it was going off the movie, mm-hmm. in which uh, Peter Berg also uh, directed, and I think he wrote that movie as well. Um, but I was, I heard a lot about that movie, especially uh, what's his name, uh, dark skin dude. Uh, Smash. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I on the Smash movie. In the movie, it was um, um, Booby Miles. Booby Miles. Booby yeah. Miles played by Derek Luke. Yeah, that's yeah. who he is. That story, and then Derek I, Luke I was a bit. Role, <laughs> the, I don't know Antoine Fisher. I, 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 I go yeah, Antoine Fisher was alright. They hated Antoine Fisher as far as the Frames crew. Did but, they? Yeah, that was they, right. they thought it was dumb corny. <laughs> I might have to go back and look at that. Look at that, but. Uh, that what got that's what got me into it because there was a lot of there was actually a lot of hoopla for that movie. I felt like you had um, what's his name, the old white dude, uh, B- uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, Billy Bob, Derek Luke. You had a lot of good cast. That was a good ass movie. Good movie, and it, and it was more factual. Yeah, the the character preach, and I think that's what got me into like, oh, right, let me check this show out. Um, this came on in uh, I think it started oh six, late oh six. So. I was in like I think I was in like middle school at that time, so I was just watching it on some just oh, let me check this out, mm-hmm. and then I didn't really get into it till like I actually stopped watching and came back to it, like during early college years for me. Yeah. So like I rewatched it, and now I'm rewatching it again, and it's like it's even hitting harder now. It, it is better now that I'm rewatching it during the quarantine. Um, I just missed. I don't know if I missed it, but it's been so long since I watched it that some of the storylines like damn, I don't remember that. But it's been very, very fulfilling and captivating to go back and check out. I think I ran into this based off the movie, like you said. It was a really good movie uh, as far as Friday Night Lights. So I wanted to see what this was talking about. And I remember just going into that first episode with, with, after it was over, like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Like, I'm hooked. That like, first I episode. I do remember even going back, with the thinking back to when I first seen it, like this was one of the shows that fell in my rotation. Like, okay, I'm watching this. Like, I think this was back when DVRs was popping. Or maybe, you know what, I had I had this on bootleg DVD. Like, I used to have the, the, the guy that burnt the DVDs for you. The clear uh, yeah. cover. Yeah. He, 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 like, I, can you do series too? Friday Night Lights, boom. So I had it on the Friday Night Lights, like a burnt bootleg copy of the DVD, man. And this, this show, it, it absolutely holds up. Peter Berg has done a lot of other good stuff out there as well. I don't know if you got him pulled up. Yeah, I do. Hit him with the the hit list. Uh, As far as the hits, um, he was was one of the very early people on The Rock's career. He got The Rundown, um, which is actually a decent movie. You got Rosario Dawson and the guy from um, American Pie in there. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's got Friday Night Lights. He came out with The Kingdom with Jamie Foxx. Kingdom was a pretty good movie. Uh, then you got Hancock. He directed and, Hancock. So I, however you feel, that was one of the few a black decent superhero. uh like it, 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 He at least had balls to, to do the, the black superhero thing and then to place him, Will Smith, in the way that he showed. Around him. the same time, yeah. I, the first Iron Man came out. So it was like really early on the superhero right. shit. Um, then you have The Losers in 2010. It's a underrated movie. I, I rewatched it. It's got a, a, st- a stellar cast. He wrote that. Yeah. He got a st- Idris Alba, Zoe Zaldana, Chris Evans, uh, Jeffrey really? Dean Morgan. It's a really good, good It's a really good like blockbuster movie. I'm going to check that out. That's kind of where it kind of dips off in his career, though, because then you got Battleship with Rihanna. Lone Survivor was good, though. Lone Survivor was good. Lone Survivor was good. That's when he started really doing a lot of shit with Mark yeah, Wahlberg. Mark and, um, Wahlberg. You see Deep Water Horizon. Mm-hmm. You got Patriots Day, Mile 22, Spencer Confidential, all with Mark Wahlberg. So basically from 2013 to 2020, he's worked nothing with uh, Mark Wahlberg on some action movie shit. And he, he, he 
drops in most of his projects too, like a little small acting role doing the the Quentin Tarantino. What's your man with Marvel? What's his name? Oh, uh, Stanley. Stanley. He pulls that a lot in his movies. He did it in Friday Night Lights as well. We'll get into it. Probably I think it was season two. He came back as uh, mm-hmm. Coach Taylor' wife, old boyfriend. Yeah, that was so, a good ass episode right there. But uh, Peter Berg actually he 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 put his foot in this. Yes. Definitely put his foot in this, man. Yes, you could tell. You could you get that, and the way it's even shot cinematically, like it's like a documentary. The, yeah, it's, it feels like a yeah. like an actual doc. Like, like you're watching a documentary. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they were able to get that type of lens on this, fantastic but it just feels so real. Work. Yeah, fantastic. And the, and the the casting is yeah. damn near perfect, outside of the fact of. All these motherfuckers are like they at least thirty. Yeah, <laughs> Old ass high school students, man, one million percent. Uh, I'm gonna go in and jump off the ledge with a bold comparison. All right, go ahead. Friday Night Lights is the white people version of The Wire. Oh yeah, you did tell me yeah, that. Yeah, like this, this. Uh, I thought this, the white people version of The Wire is The Wire. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like a well, a football, like. The reason I say that is because of the documentary feel. The, the biggest thing is to take away from The Wire if you watch it no matter how many times. It's almost like you go into that world. It's like you watching surveillance footage of them just like conducting themselves. And this has the same feel. Like if you play sports in high school, you probably feel it a little bit more because you remember going through some of these things. Two-a-days. Yeah, the two-a-days and the coach uh, confrontations and the rally girls and just the different stuff in preparation for a football game. So there's the nostalgia aspect of it there but it's just so realistic and the only other show that i can remember being that realistic is the wire so this is my wire comparison all right so clearly he was drunk watching all of these episodes (laughs) so we got to take his (laughs) comments with a grain of salt i do think it's like if this show came on hbo i think it would be like up there with the wire this was hbo i would say that probably be on the uh mount rushmore show yes if it was on HBO. Because I think, uh, to go back to your point earlier, as far as like the promotion and marketing of it, I don't think it really got its just due until after the fact. I feel it like it was over. Yeah, yeah I think there's there's back. another show like that. It might have been like Pushing Daisies or some other show like that where it's just, maybe. No, like there's there's certain under. series where you're like, damn, like why wasn't this hitting during six, the time yeah, it came out? Yeah, yeah, I think Six Feet Under because of the ending. The ending was supposedly so spectacular that it made a lot of people go back and check it out. Didn't That was around the same time as Sopranos. So, yeah, uh, this definitely gained a lot of recognition once it was over and complete. And even towards the last season, that's when they started winning their awards mm-hmm. and stuff exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to that first episode, like you were saying, man, we get introduced to Coach Taylor and his whole family as they move into the town of Dillon, which is home of the Panthers it's the, in, in Texas. So this is early 2000s Texas football. So you obviously know this town is surrounded by nothing with football the one of the the most underrated parts of this show is the radio announcers yeah how they introduce (laughs) everyone in on the show when they come in on the show fire they tell you exactly give you the the atmosphere and the landscape of the town and and you would think like these sports radio announcers wow it has nothing to do with like the emotional off the field shit but it it just sets the tone for the emotional environment yeah it kind of gives you like Mm -hmm. you said a good tone as to what's going on they give you a guide throughout the playoffs and exactly going to stay you're right about that it does set the tempo for the ex i I didn't even actually notice that until you pointed it out but going into it just like the taylor family let's just start with them before we get into the actual pilot episode great family man like ain't ain't that all american family right there man coach taylor uh, his daughter, uh, what's her name? Julie. Julie and uh, the, the the mom. Tammy. Tammy, like that's that's just a great all American, good looking white folks family, man. <laughs> one of my questions was, all right, let's let's just say, very rarely do I give a lot of white women compliments. Mm. However, Tammy, Tammy Taylor, Taylor. Tammy Taylor, probably top five TV wives of all time. Yeah, yeah. If you add in personality too, because she yeah. don't, she 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 looks good. She, she looks has good. A hell of a personality. Yeah, too. that's what I mean. Like as far as all together, especially if she was your high school guidance counselor. Boy, yeah, you man, might try to scare me. Man, in comparison to the high school guidance counselor that I had, yeah. listen, man. But Tammy Taylor's up there. It's nice. Some nice looking women on this show. Definitely. If I had we to gonna, rank them, and I think number one, we gonna rank them later. Oh, we gonna rank them. <laughs> I was gonna give it to you. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I already know. But uh, but just like just talk about her a little bit more. She is. She doesn't start off as the guidance counselor. She just starts off like they just move into the town of Dillon. Mm-hmm. But she wants to work, too. She sees that her husband being the breadwinner is a little bit too much on his shoulders. And she wants to help out, but also get out the house as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she just 
ends up being a guidance counselor at the same high school that he coaches, which obviously brings a different dynamic to how she interacts with his players on an academic level and how he interacts them on a, a sports or recreational level. Facts. And and that's a it's a good setup to their relationship. I think it's a good setup to the dynamic into which the most impressive thing to me watching this is that not six times out of ten he and his wife don't agree, but very rarely. And there are moments that it blo- it boils over. Other than the moments that they have boiled over, they're able to navigate conversations a way most couples dream of. The way and you, like, would, you would think they're with, able to throw their little jabs and yeah. just not get too disrespectful, not even be mad after that. They're ended with a little kiss and I love you, baby, and, and they out the door. That's admirable. That's that, <laughs> and, and that's what I, that's why I reminisce over because it's just like. You would think with his personality and her personality, it would not clash. be a good match. You would think that's a clash. You know what I'm saying? Especially in the heart of Texas, right. it feels like, because they're not too far away from Dallas. So it, it, it just feels like they shouldn't work, but how they communicate with each other. That's the one right. thing that you were just emphasizing, their yeah. communication it's as far as stone. they know where the line is. And right. sometimes they may cross the line, but it's always like, he's still a good guy. He, mm-hmm. She's still a good woman. Like You don't really take it too seriously because you know he's going to make it up. She's going to make it up Facts. in the back end. Facts. They do have a lot of leeway with each other, like yeah. to even make those mistakes and know the person that they're dealing with is in. And school. we don't know their history. We don't know when. Don't I, don't, know I think they met maybe in high school, but I guarantee it was probably college. It was high school because was, of, remember we talked about the Peter Berg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they they've had decades right. to get they all this shit other. out. Yeah, they definitely know. Each I was when I was when you were bringing up the family, you were like, "That's a great family." I was thinking about Julie, and I was I like at, Julie though. I was going to ask you, right? If Julie was your daughter, are you happy or are you? Uh, she 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 she's a smart ass. She but she's is. smart. Like she has a nice head on her shoulders. You can tell she's raised by good parents. Now her being raised by good parents Don't makes make her good. thinks that she's a little bit smarter than she is, and she puts herself in situations that you wish she wouldn't as a parent. But then those are the situations as a parent that you find out give your child character and let them are able to handle themselves in the real world. You can't hide them from anything. I think they do a good job of giving her just enough rope to where she 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 knows what can happen with, with them still being able to protect her. Then she does another job of like pushing pulling that rope a little bit more because she tests the line. She, I was gonna she say, was a little black girl. She I was, That's what I was going to ask you. Like if you had a, a man, black girl to act like Julie, <laughs> man, I hope my wife's smacking the shit out of her like how uh, Tammy did. Boy, because <laughs> Julie got a mouth on her. Man, listen. And I man. think, and for me, it's just like, She's an asshole. She is very much so. Like her as mom much and dad are, as much as I do agree that she is better than like like if I had a daughter, she's probably the as far as character wise the best she's gonna get at that age range between fourteen and sixteen. Um, however, she's still an asshole, especially when it comes to dealing with. It, and we'll get to season two, but like how the family grows in season two, and even just how she speaks to. It's 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 too familiar to me, and maybe that's based off of a white family uh, and how they do their raising. But at the same time, it's just like she she doesn't understand that what they're saying, and maybe this is just kids, but she doesn't understand what they're saying is is lawful. Yeah. Or yeah, you're right. Like she, if you go like when they say come think, home yeah. at this time, come home at this time. This bitch was out till like two a.m. Democracy. This like is yeah, dictatorship. Exactly. Yeah, you're right about that. One. And then she comes to end up learning that they were right. In the most worst way, or yeah. almost, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So it's just like she's a good kid, but she's also an asshole. I ain't yeah, gonna she's hold a that. teenager. She's a teenager. Yeah. So the first episode, we get right into the mix of it, and the big takeaway, the big bad that, that pretty much looms over the whole first season. Uh, that first game, we get star quarterback, the best Dylan's ever seen, best QB damn near in the state, be, best damn near QB in Texas now. Uh, he has an accident first game. He throws a pick, tries to go in there, you know, make the tackle. And he par- he's, he gets paralyzed. Pretty scary sight. If you play football, you know those moments are like you get this knot in your stomach and you're like, ugh. Uh, one of the dangers of the game. But you, you're you looking at a guy, Jason Street, and we come to see this throughout the first season. He was one of those, you know, those – it seemed to be written out for him. He was going to go to this big college. He go to the NFL at the very least, be a backup, have a nice, pretty He was wife. Peyton Manning coming out of high school. Yeah, he was like the guy. He was QB1. Mm-hmm. And for that to be taken away, uh, first game of the season, state championship season, that storyline is, one, I'm glad they were able to explore it. 
uh, as far as especially going through it as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, the actor that played that did a great job. Unless, like, like yes. he he made yes. you feel like he lost his like he couldn't walk. I honestly was like. You forget that he could walk. Like he, life, yeah. like, like he was walking. Like he was walking in the first episode. You'll see him walking again throughout the whole series. <laughs> Even more than that, you'll see him on like some doing some shit. And then the nigga be walking. Be like, ah, oh, Jason Street walking. Like just with some real shit. I, and let's go into the Jason Street character because of what you don't, uh, what they kind of they talk about it, but they don't really dive into it much. That Coach Taylor got there because of Jason Street. Like he they, came they, to he, coach he, him. He, mm-hmm. he came to coach him because he used to coach him back when I think it was like either middle school or pee wee football yeah. or whatever, and they had a good relationship. So he actually vouched for coach to be there. So this relationship between Jason and Coach Taylor is not just on some QB coach shit. This it's is, like nah, like right. we actually have a good relationship. And this is and Coach Taylor's first season. This was his first game. Yeah, and and you see that relationship blossom in the best way. Um and just on the character of Jason Street, it it's it sucks because, for one, you realize how great of a guy he really was, and not to say that he turns bad at, at all. It's just like what, how does, how does life affect a good man? Mm. And even though he was a high school kid, you could tell he was on his way to becoming yeah, a good man. man. And he goes through so much shit, and even just the fact of, like his like being, like being sixteen and paralyzed. <sighs> Like that's what that was the one question I was like, bro, like, gotta be rough, man. What is it like? Like, could you imagine? Like, what if your son went through that situation? How would you react? And I think to even a better, I'm gonna answer your question uh, in the sense of an example in the show. Like, I think the way that his dad handles it is 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 how you would respond. His dad is like. You barely hear him. Shell shot. Yeah. His dad is like he like got hit by a truck and he don't his dad really don't know what to do. Uh, he struggles with the fact if they should be schooling the school or even what to say to his son or what to say to his wife about the bills that are accumulating for this. You can see his dad doesn't have a lot of lines in the first season or anything like that, but you can see just from the facial expressions and the tone. Uh, of the conversation that his dads are involved in throughout that first season is that that's how you would deal the best, with it. It's like what the fuck. The best scene he had was when he, when Coach Taylor approached him about the whole because they end uh, the, the lawsuit. Yeah, the lawsuit yeah. that mm-hmm. the Jason the Street family end up suing the school based off of what happened to Jason, and in suing the school he also sues Coach Taylor, mm-hmm. and Jason was against it. Like Coach Taylor don't do nothing. He didn't do nothing wrong. I made the tackle. It was all on me. But when you when Coach Taylor confronts the father about that, they have an honest conversation. He was like, "Bro, Jason Street's dad was like, I, like you never, you don't know, you can't understand what I'm going through. There's the bills no that come you, out. Yeah, like there's no way, there's no other option. Like it's you tell a lifetime. He's like, you telling me like, I, I wish there was another way. Trust me, I wish there was another way. But this is the only way I could take care of my family. Yeah, that's rough. That's a tough situation. And like, man. yeah, and more go, credit to Peter Berg for and the writers of that show for like creating that scenario. Because most of the times, if this a real life, what would you do if if this happens on a series? Usually, that means oh, the QB is just gonna be written we off gone. the show. Yeah, we we try we're, to, yeah, we're gonna to move show on. QB yeah, too. exactly. We really had the other guy in mind. Is what but the way they just like. kept in pace with showing every you see everything of Jason and and this is back in the day when they was doing like twenty episodes a season. So you see Jason go through it. As far as not only dealing with his paralyzed, but accepting being paralyzed, and even trying to fight against being paralyzed, his, and his, his best friend smashing his home. I mean, his uh girlfriend. I was gonna say we can get into his Jesus girlfriend Lila Garrity. Christ, what did you think of Lila Garrity, man? Uh, I like Lila. Lila is probably one of the best looking. Like we're gonna get into that top five. We're gonna get to that top five. So, but um, I think it goes to continuing out there. How do you deal with this? She's the goody two shoes, as we hear Tara say throughout there, and she's used to things working out right for her. Her dad's buddy, Garrity, the big football booster, car salesman, probably gets what he wants around town. So she kind of lives a sheltered, privileged life. And for this to happen to her boyfriend, who she probably thought was going to go to the league, they were probably going to go to the same college and do these things together. It's a big monkey, Rich, and I think that she was confused. She was confused and didn't know how to handle well, because this. And she did a good job of displaying that. Like, mm-hmm. these actors and how they portray these roles was great because you really felt her pain, per se, when she's going to Tim and like, well, why haven't you gone to see your best friend? Like, I'm up here with him every day changing catheters and all of this shit, and he's asking about you and you can't even bring yourself to come see him. 
I feel like like all of that stuff, even being a teenager and not sure about the next step, because I mean, usually high school loves don't last. But she's saying that she's going to marry this man and not giving up that and taking trying to take care of him and go see him every day. That was really commendable. So I do think that she was painted as the goody two shoes. Yeah, and their relationship, he was QB one. She was like the hottest cheerleader, she best was cheerleader, cheerleader captain. Yeah, so like it made sense for them. They had dreams of going to college together. Uh, getting married afterwards. He's gonna be an NFL star. I'm gonna be his wife. Picket fence, all that right, shit. Right, right. So him getting paralyzed that. not only fucked up. Like she's thinking about his life, but she's also thinking about her life as well, which we get into in the season. As far as what do I do now that my boyfriend, who I've loved so much, and you could see that love as far as what Spike was talking about, as far as her caregiving. But like even her parents are like, look, this nigga. Yeah, they were like, you need to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this, not that one. And Buddy Garrett, he kept that, it a buck. He was like, look, my nigga, you paralyzed. Too. You can't take care <laughs> of my daughter, bro. And that's what he said. Like, the, that that scene was a real scene. And Buddy Garrett has a lot of low moments throughout this season. <laughs> but I like Buddy, hey, man. He was one of my favorite, my favorite hey. characters because he going to give it to you how it is. And he let you know what he's trying to get done. But... When he's talking to Jason Street, it's like, son, like, how are you going to take care of my daughter? Like, like, what do you plan on doing? Like, how are you going to feed yourself for the rest of your life? You going to have a job? Like, do you plan on getting a maid? Like, how are things going to get taken care of? And those are real questions that you would have to ask yourself in that situation. And it kind of throws you off because the way these high school characters move, they like you, would, you would think they in college or something. <laughs> that's why, and, and that's why the, them looking old doesn't help because it's just like, hold on. I, like, this nigga's like 18 or 17 or whatever. Like, the way they move. They were taking random trips to like Mexico later on. We we see and like they'll just they'll just end up doing whatever. So they they literally run this. If you're a football player, a star football player in the town of Dillon, you run the town. Yeah, like you could do whatever shit. you want, yeah, damn exactly. near. Um, but yeah, like I think it was Lila, she was she's the quote unquote good girl gone bad. Another example, great writing. I keep saying this, and we keep giving. Uh, compliments to peter berg and the writing team but just this scenario like we said of the good girl going bad and then ultimately going back good with the jesus thing like so like how did how were they able to like could this have been done because nowadays most seasons are like what 10 12 12 episodes yeah Yeah. this is like what the first season's like what 21 22 22 episodes that's one of my if i Negatives looking back on it. Twenty a twenty two episode was pre season. Negative negative in general, but for today negative in general especially on today's, but the way they do this show, yes, it it you do feel the twenty two episodes. Every yeah, season you're gonna feel like, it. But the character development, the scenes, you get, the callbacks you get to do a lot. They you could do a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was gonna ask you, like them accomplishing this whole full circle for Lila in just one season. How, like, like, could you have done that in ten episodes? Because like, it's hard not to see her as the bitch in the middle of the season. You know what I'm saying? True. It, uh, I mean, I think that it, 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 there's a benefit for it happening in one season because it left even more places to be explored. Even when we go to season two and we discuss that, so I do think that they did a great job keeping you interested in her character for 22 episodes because i it's very easy to be dismissive in series of the goody two shoes like those are the people on the screen they start popping on the screen you start rolling your eyes because you could care less about their storyline and lila could have went down that route like i you could care less about her being there for jason street and 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 what her situation is in this until she sleeps with his best friend and now she has to deal with that and then like just everything that goes with her being a goody two shoes to people finding out about it and calling her a slut like it's just interesting it's interesting as hell to sit because we've all been through high school we know how high school is it can be brutal it can be brutal in high school and to sit and observe it uh, and this man is, is fascinating. All right, so you, you brought up Tim Riggins, so let's go into Tim My Riggins. My guy. Tim Riggins, best friend of Jason Street, calls him six, damn near every scene, because um, that was the number Jason had as a QB. The first question I got for you is, could you ever forgive your girlfriend for cheating on you with your best friend? My girlfriend? Yes. No. Okay. Me, and, me and Tim Riggins would have still been cooler. Okay, so you, that was my next question. Could you be, forgive your best friend? Tim is the friend you need in your life, man. Tim 
every situation, and we'll get into it, he's been right there for six. Took him a long time to get there. Yeah, right there is also including getting that neck from his girl. <laughs> listen, he pointed that out. Hey, listen, man. I won't say I ain't gonna say he pointed it out, but he's made Jason realize, hey, man, this ain't the bitch for you. Clearly, if he, I'm fucking, he, a, he ain't saying like, he man, didn't say you know, that. But he didn't say it. He didn't have to though. But he he don't he, say much. He was able to point it out to Jason by not words. But hey, if she lets me fuck her, you don't need to be worrying about marrying her and shit like that, bro. Go on with your life. He did him a favor. He did Jason a favor. So. Tim Riggins is a stand-up guy. Man, man. you over here. I like Tim Riggins is a stand-up guy because, I mean, he just he keeps it simple. He come, wake up, do his job, and that's it. You you putting so much frosting on this shit, turd. <laughs> man, Tim Riggins is a piece of shit, all right? He's a he's a, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that's like, you respect him because he could, like, uh, this is a high school mindset. You respect him because he get a lot of bitches, and he's a star football player. But outside of that, being a friend of his is horrible. Like even even being a concubine of his, Lila didn't really like that for real either. If it wasn't for him giving good dick, she probably wouldn't even fuck with the nigga. So it's just like he he grows throughout the season and the series, of course. But he's got a good heart. He he starts off as a real piece of shit, and he got a he got a good heart and obviously a hard dick too. So look at all these. But it's just like for me, like Tim is just he's a he's that stereotypical jock. You know what yes, I'm saying? And, and you hope that his heart. Over uh oversees his his impulse to just do whatever he wants to do. That's one of his biggest character flaws in the series is that he just he does whatever without even thinking about it, and it affects a lot of people as far as on emotional level. We talk about his girlfriend Tyra. He they were on and off, but there's still a lot of emotions attached to the uh, at least from Tyra's standpoint to him. So when he sleeps around with Lila, that caused a big friction with them. True, she already didn't like. Ly I mean. Well, she didn't, but that yeah. cemented it. You know what I'm saying? Women That's don't like fact. each other anyway. But I do think that, again, they do a wonderful job, though, in giving the depth to Tim Riggins to show why he is just that jock, though. When they get into him, the way that he carries himself, when they go to his home life, and you see who he's raised by as far as his brother, who is a fucking imbecile, his dad, who's a hustle man, like he had to go like I, I, get I, I, hustled I, 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 by I his defend dad. his brother. His dad's an imbecile. I mean, his, 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 his brother's an imbecile. No, he's an he's idiot. idiot. He's the good guy. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he no, raised no. him. No. <laughs> I mean, he raised him because it was Tim Riggins, and he thought that his brother had a chance to get them out of their situation. I think it's more than that. He's a big brother. Big brother always look at little brother like, you. I got to take care of him. I'm only child. I don't know. But his daddy is a piece of shit, though. His dad's a piece of garbage. Their dad is a piece of shit, yeah. But I think that that goes to Tim having that attitude of, I got to make it by myself out here i gotta i gotta conduct business the way i know how to conduct business that's fucking bitches playing football drinking beer and and, and getting out the he the only nigga that i know that could drink <laughs> he didn't eat nothing but uh cheese puffs the two dollar yeah. bag of cheese puffs you get at a gas station and, and, beer, and, and, and get six ready pack. for the whole season. and stay with a six pack this nigga ain't got fat none day. <laughs> Tim Riggins is a hell of a character, man. I, I respect the shit out of that character, Tim Riggins, man. Uh, Tim, is, he ain't the only one we get to as far as, uh, let's talk, before we get, in, uh, we gonna have a whole conversation yeah, about Matt Saracen, break. but Smash Williams, you brought him up. Young Smash. You seen Tara on his couch, right? Huh? Tara was on his couch, his mom on going for that. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, Tyra, yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't going, but he he tried, I would've tried, tried too. Yeah, why did they make Smash's character be the uh, like a gumbo of Southern nigga shit? Like he is, <laughs> he represents all black mean. people in in that mentality. Um, in as in, in high school, if you were in the early two thousands or whatever, if you were a big sports star in, in Texas, I feel like he is. You're they're painting Smash as Refer that to yourself. In he, like his his depth, Smash baby. <laughs> he talks about himself a third person as a high school kid, which is super weird. Like super weird. Like. He only get caught on it a couple uh, times, but everybody just, I guess, goes with it. I guess they be, that's what black people do. That's funny. But, um, like, even his, the the because I, I texted you early on in the, as I was watching. I was like, bro, why, I wish they would have dive into Smash's character more. And I didn't, I I don't think you told me this, but you just, like, just keep watching. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. But his depth is, like, really bad, to be that's honest. Because you, like, he it's deals like with. The, 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 they gloss over the story about his dad. They gloss over his dad. Like, I wanted to hear more about that, but they go into more about him doing steroids yeah. as far as to get, uh, uh, obviously, that Lance Armstrong edge. Yeah, that's what, that was one of the things, now, the steroid thing with Smash, it didn't really make sense to me. 
because you said it may have been lack of backstory, but I didn't really see him struggling to keep up athletically with anyone. And I'm, I'm not sure where the comparison started to come from for him saying that I have to do this to be better. It was the it was the it was that coach who had that list. And, and he, he was looking at he list. was looking at him. No, he he don't know what he was gonna be on the list or not. Mm-hmm. But he was looking at him like you look you look kind of small. Oh, he did you say put, you look. You need to add. Right. You need to get more quicker. Add more weight. So in high school, do you do you is that is that realistic? It's Texas football, so that's why True. I, I I try to put because for me I I agree with you. That's the mm-hmm. thing I'm thinking like, bro, it ain't that deep. Right, you going right yeah, to steroids, bro? Like, exactly. Like, but for him, they don't really talk about his grades, which means they don't need to. <laughs> For him, he's not really focused academically as we get on to. We're going to touch on that in the second season. But if, if if football is all your life, then you're going to do anything you can to to make yourself get that competitive edge and move forward. That's the only reason why I kind of – but like what you said, like how he grew up, maybe the lack of a father, but then goes into the black stereotype. So, and that's a good – he's spoiled, right? In In the house, not really – because he comes from a small well, household. He, well, let me rephrase it. He acts like he has been spoiled, but they don't show or do a good job of showing you where that came from because his mama yeah. is pretty hard. Yeah. But he carries himself at school, uh, even with Coach Taylor, with the black chick that he was dating. I'm a smash, baby. Like, he carries himself as if somebody has spoiled him, but they don't do a good job of showing. I guess maybe growing up being better than everyone in football. He kind of gets some leeway and, and things like that. But you bring up a good point. There's, It's not the best figuring out how Smash got to be Smash. Mm-hmm. Like, you never really get that, like, oh, he's, he's entitled. Just a regular dude. Like, he's, there's other black people on the team. Why he's so special? Yeah, I wouldn't say he's sport. I would say he's entitled. But you don't understand why he's entitled outside of, oh, he could run. Like, he is the best back on a team. Yeah, and even then, it's it, that's even uh, up for debate because Tim Riggins gets a lot of shine too. Yeah, Tim, you know what I'm saying, and that's why I felt like oh, I wanted to ask you about Smash right after Tim because I felt like those are the two characters which I feel like the show really didn't know what to do with them. Because mm. like if you look at the storyline of Tim Riggins, because that's when he started messing around with like he you see him with Tyra mm-hmm. in the beginning, they not work out. Then you see him trying to fuck around with Lila, you see that not work well, and then you see him fucking around with the. Um, older mom with the kid it was just like yeah it was just like okay outside of you being a jock what else do we got here for then you look at smash and it's like outside of you being a jock what do you got for you oh let's just throw some jock shit you do steroids all right let's just throw uh, they tried to throw the the bipolar girlfriend in there to show like some sensitivity they threw they threw all they had but that had to throw a whole nother character in there for it it to hit hit. either though it like it didn't hit like i didn't it hit a little bit for me just because of black mental health. I was surprised they would touch on that. Fair. That's fair. But I just didn't see – I didn't care. I didn't just mm. to be not, – not to be, like, short about it, I didn't see how that was giving me anything different with Smash. And to say I didn't care, it was because he handled the situation one million percent like I thought he would. Mm-hmm. He tried. It was too hard. He was like, fuck it. Like it's, that's it's typically what I thought would happen. Like he wanted it to work. He just he wasn't with all of that when she went super bipolar on him. He was twice. Like, yeah, he was like, nah, I'm good, bro. Like I'm good, and that's about what I expected. He gonna mm-hmm. give it his all. That don't seem to work. He's not sticking around to to deal with quote unquote, well not quote unquote, but mental issues with her. Uh, let's let's talk about this girl Tyra Collette. Um, you this waiting is, to get to yeah. Tyra this this is where we are. Right, we gonna get to the bad bitch uh, <laughs> top five. <laughs> this is where we get to it. Is she not the baddest on the show? I if, you got, go. if you if you got it, right, if you do you have a five or do you have a top three or whatever? I or just to, have a list. I gotta go with Lila first. Lila, ah, right, 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 hell no. Nah. Lila first with me. Lila hell no. Nah. Yeah, that's I that gotta, good. I gotta, you I you, you go. like that woman in the street, lady? Freaking <laughs> <laughs> the sheets, man. I just Lila. See, she just got you know she dates uh can damn I go. I think A Rod, not A Rod. What's the Jeter? Jeter, she's in real life. Currently, yeah, she, I think oh, she dates De- uh, Derek Jeter in real life. Uh, but I think it's her. Tyra definitely is second. I think Julie's a dark horse. Julie is on your list. Yes, I think as Ju- in the top three, nigga? especially as she gotten older. But yeah, Julie, one hundred percent. Um, that's it. That's my three. Then so the you mom, got the mama you- before. So you have Lila, Tyra, Julie, and then mom. mom yeah. All right. I have Tyra. Okay. I got Lila. I got the mama, Tammy, and then I got 
I guess I could put Julie on there. I guess I could put Julie. Now Julie looked like she got if she in like five to, like how the Dude, that one dude right. curved her ass yeah, like yeah, in the second yeah, season like. If you if you give her about five years, you're like, oh yeah, she gonna be a looker. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? 100%. But like right now, like it's nah, a long run for Julie. It's the Kylie Jenner red shirt. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You got a red shirt, Julie. That's but um, but no, like us. But as far as her character, Tyra, I I love her character. I fell in love with her character early on because she's like uh, she comes off she's as a, a woman. Female version of Tim Riggins. <laughs> nah, <laughs> real, nah, she got more heart than that. She's Does more. She? She's more. Uh, She's more self-aware of herself and how she acts than he is. Mm. Like she doesn't need to be told about herself a lot, like he do. Like damn, she knows every... she's a piece of shit. Tim don't know. He's he, a piece or, of shit. or like she, she understands she's a, she could be looked at as a bitch and she accepts that. Uh, Tim always every time he talks to him, he's like what? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a drunken phase or whatever, but he always got that dumbass look. Like nigga, you don't realize what you just did, bro. Like when that scene where him and uh, oh, Landry, shit. when Landry yeah. was trying to teach him how to read and shit, basically, <laughs> and he was like, bro, you telling me you can't, <laughs> you can't equate. Or like you can't, uh, you can't put no correlation to it's this. between like the, the book that they were, they were reading, reading of mice and men. Yeah, uh-huh. to what he was going through, like bro, like a friend betraying another friend. You can't relate, like, and he ain't have nothing to say. It pissed him was off. Was he to, just playing stupid though? Nah, it was you just. Think he was dead serious. I honestly I think he was playing. He didn't. I think in that scene when when, of course he had to get a tutor because he was failing, and Landry became his tutor. We'll get into Landry in a second, uh, but. Um, of Mice and Men was a book, so he was supposed to read it and have a discussion with Landry. He didn't read it, uh, and then Landry gave him some like cliff notes. He was supposed to read those, so Landry's like, "Fuck it, I'll read the book to you." And they sit in the bleachers, and he read the book to him. It's not a long book, but at the end of it, he's asking him about the explanation. He's like, "Said he totally didn't get it," but he gave him a a he gave him a synopsis. He, he gave him Landry a synopsis. Finished. He's like, "Damn, he shot his friend, done his friend." Yeah, like that. he Became touched on he it, but he to. he didn't want to dive into it. Like he didn't want to write a paper on it. He could have a light conversation about it, That's but when you dive when you dive, but to me, it's just like that shows that. He didn't. He under. He could understand it from an objective standpoint, but a subjective standpoint as far as how do I relate to this is like I don't really know. And then he's like, "Bro, all the shit you just did, you don't. You're not aware of it. You don't see how that could hurt somebody. You don't see how that like. Because to me, because to me, if he understood that, he wouldn't have done it. Unless he's that horny to where he's like I'm willing to fuck any bitch, regardless if she's my best friend's chick or not. Like, if you're not that self aware, then to me, that's the reason why I say he's a piece of shit. And I, that's the reason why I say Tyra. Um, I liked her character because she accepted for who she was. She was just more about what she uh, lacked in was guidance as far as where is she going. Like I like knowing where you are is one thing. Knowing where you're going is another thing. And I liked I liked the trajectory of of her, especially when you see her and Landry's relationship develop and that whole dealing with a, a sexual assault and how that brings them together. I thought that was that dope. Was weird. I thought that was dope. <laughs> and that's what she was texting me about that weird dude. <laughs> Hey Landry, as uh, I don't, well, I don't know that, what that actor's name is, but he's managed to play some of the weirdest fucking roles in the history of movie and television. Period. Breaking Bad, he played like the fucking weirdo that shot the kid, and and uh his girl. He shot. He shot. No, he shot the kid. He shot. Oh, yeah, he shot, he the, shot kid, the kid. And in the he desert. shot. And he shot the girl outside of the house. Remember when he had uh Jesse look out the window, <laughs> shot her right in the dome. Yeah, that was yeah, that was fucked he up. He was a fucking weirdo in that. Uh, he's a weirdo in this, clearly. Also, game night. He was a next door neighbor. You put me on that, and it yeah. reminded me he was a fucking weirdo in that. And it Jesse was Plemons. Jesse Plemons, and they call him. Uh, I'm listening to uh, on Ball Move. They call him Slow Matt Damon because he kind of looked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looked like Matt Damon with Down syndrome. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. That's he do. Shit, he do. He is a poor man's Matt Damon. <laughs> poor man. Real poor man's yeah. Matt Damon. Landry, though, he he has his MVP worthy performances first season. Yes. That, like, him cussing is, out Tim, that man, was a hey, yeah. Landry had a great probably scene with each character. Yes. With Except the, for the coach. Yeah. The coach. And then in the second season, he starts to play football. And him, him and the coach have a, a – um, a uh, conversation But Landry's like One of my favorite characters I didn't like how they played The whole death thing Like I think that He was too paranoid They, they about dragged it. that shit out And that, that's that going into too, Second season But like, like Yeah on, They dragged the but fuck out But it was a good flip With his dad being a cop and shit. Yeah that, that was, that really was the only Good, good thing about it And yeah. his daddy looked like That would actually yeah, be His daddy exactly. too That one mil It might be his dad In real life <laughs> like, That's why I said The cast it was beautiful Beautiful As far as acting wise But So Landry And and Matt Are Are 
best bullies. Dumb coach. Yeah, Matt dumb Saracen, coach. you get introduced to him in the first episode because he's the backup to yeah. QB1, and he gets tossed in the fire. 100%. So let's dive into Matt. Let's like, dive into Matt, yeah. I'm 1 million percent not confident with Matt Saracen as QB1. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I'll get that out there right now. I'm I'm hitting the transfer portal. I look I'm at, going somewhere. Like, I need to get me a new quarterback in there yesterday. I look at Matt Saracen as I look at Andy Dalton. All no. right, like a, a good kid with some talent. He ain't going to win it for you for yeah, real. He ain't going to lose. He ain't going to really fuck it up yeah, for you. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and, and it goes to Coach Taylor as a coach. He's a hell of a coach to bring. He brought Matt Saracen along. Way from the we gonna get into coach. In we gonna get into coach. coach Taylor, but I will say this about Coach Taylor may be the greatest, <laughs> greatest athletic de- uh, developer uh, mentor ever. Like yeah, he, he, he put Bill Belichick to shame. Yeah, he like get he talent. gets the he get the most, most out of talent, boy. Boy, yeah, if you was if you got a glimpse of talent, he'll make you look like an all star. One hundred percent. Coach Taylor's a great coach, though. Phenomenal yeah, coach. coach. But yeah, Matt Saracen, like we see him as literally the next man up. Um, what did you think of his progression through for the first season? You know what? I'm glad that they didn't make it too unbelievable. It was actually believable that he had a bad game. He almost got benched, I believe, in a, in one game. But it, it showed that, like, a kid, like you said, that was thrown into the fire. Like, he didn't know how to handle it. He was on the fringe of even being a football player, being considered running with that crowd. And you see his progression from – QB2 and never seeing the field to QB1, being popular. Being a leader. Being a leader, Julie being his girlfriend, getting it done on the field. And in addition to all of that dealing with what he dealt with at home, with his grandmother, that helped him. I yes, think. That that's a character developed. Like, one million percent. And usually with that type of stuff, I'm against. I don't really like to say, I'm good. Okay, to take care of his grandmama, he's a good guy, fine. But it added to, like you said, him as a quarterback, him growing into that position and why why it was able to happen in a season. Like most people ain't able to make, hit that switch and, and even be serviceable coming in as a backup quarterback. For him to be able to turn it on has a lot to do with what he has to take care of at home and how – responsible that he has to be as a uh, damn near adult already in the not 11th even, grade. Not even that, just like how he, like, his dad is in Iraq. This is, this, again, like I mentioned, this is mid-2000, so we're still dealing with some remnants of the Iraq war before we get to the Obama era, but um, his dad is in Iraq, and looking at how his dad deals with, his, I, I don't, I think that's his mama, because um, it, obviously it's Matt Saracen's grandmother, but we don't know if it's on his mom's side or his dad's yeah, side. Yeah, I think it is his mom. So, you see how his dad, when he comes back home, how he deals with the grandmother she's going through dementia like yeah, so rough. that's rough for anybody let alone if you got a quick temper or someone who doesn't deal who doesn't have a lot of patience PTSD. yeah so so for him like matt was happy when he came back home because like finally i got some help taking care of grandma but you realize that wasn't much help because when his daddy came home all he's ever been doing for the last 10 years is being in war so he doesn't really have a job history he doesn't he can't really provide for his family he can't really yeah, another person you got to take care of another person you got to take care of and then like he's coming home from a war to deal with like a de- uh, his mother going through dementia is like that's not ideal so it, it can't matt ends up resenting his daddy is like nigga you came back and i got more problems now than i did before uh so his home life is definitely a big character uh, builder because uh, you can even see through his pops and him like how that lifestyle can lead you on two different paths but I did. I did like the the authenticity of him being like, "Oh, this is just a random ass nigga off the bench," and he's just throwing it up with. It. People thought his eyes closed on that touchdown for his first and, game. And Coach Taylor had to ask him too. He was like, <laughs> like, uh, but I like I like his character too. I think it's hard to get into that. The, Matt is one of those characters you easily that, fall in love with. You easily fall in love with, but sometimes you resist because they try to push it where they want the whole everybody to like him. They want everybody to like Matt, so they write it. So everybody will like him, but I do think that he has enough edge to him to where you don't feel bad about liking the goody, the good guy. Yeah, because he's very naive in a lot of shit. Yeah, so that's why is. you kind of don't really like. Oh well, if I if it seems like all his time before he became QB one was like I'm just I go to practice and I go home and take care of my grandma. Yep. So like being at the parties for the first time, talking to girls for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like. Okay, we're going through this Coming process up. with exactly. him, and it makes sense because he's in high school. And he worked at the uh, was it first season? He worked at the uh, yeah. ice cream shop and got yeah. smashed the job too. Yeah, yeah. he smash yeah. was smash his was just an smash. asshole too, man. Smash, <laughs> smash, stay giving out free ice cream. All any bad if you were seven and up, you getting a free, free ice, cream ice cream with baby. the jimmies on it. <laughs> but, but and smash was hitting up the uh, smash was hitting up the. Uh, the register too to get his steroids. Yeah, right? yeah he, well, wow. Matt caught him before he could do it, but yeah, he was trying to run up a check. 
But um, let's get in Matt and Julie's relationship. What did you think about that? You, believable. Matt, Matt getting with Coach Taylor's daughter. I think that's very believable. I, I I do like he he had a slick crush on her before, and you know she really don't fuck with the football players. She was saying basically going growing up in that with in her daddy. Football. Yeah, uh, but I I do think that it was a really good progression. How she wasn't really fucking with him at first. He didn't know how to talk to her, and they just. Started to like each other as like not football daughter and football player, but just like Matt and Julie, and they were able to build off that. I liked their little relationship and how they were able to, uh, you know, she was trying to play him off a little bit, and then she fell for him, and you know, it, it was a good little high school relationship. I yeah. wasn't mad at that. What'd you think? I, I liked it too. It was very uh, believable. Um, that's one of the best things about the show. Most of the scenes are on here are very believable, uh, whether that's through acting or just situation wise. Um, so it made sense for them to get together. I liked how, cause she looked at him like everybody didn't really look at him like a QB for real until he actually yeah. started really playing well and winning. Um, that's why that was kind of like the loophole for her. It's like, he's not really a quarterback. He's just a guy who happens to play football. Right, right. So, uh, I did like their relationship and especially like his interactions with coach Taylor as well because of Julie, like those was just hilarious. Coach well. Taylor's the best, man. Man, like, that's, let's get into coach it, man. Coach Taylor's the fucking best, man. Man. What is there to say about Coach Taylor that like he's one of the he's one of the few guys who you can say like all he cares about is football, like and I mean that in well, the best. Even, well, I'm saying in the best way as far as like he don't care what you look like, who you are. If you down for to, for to get with his system, he is gonna get the best out of you as a on the field and off the field because he right. met with a lot of these players off the field too yeah. and try to mend a lot of fences and and even help out. Granted, that was his wife who kind of pushed him to do be more of a mentor. Instead of just the coach, but he he's a phenomenal coach. The player development alone, great coach, great coach, great personality. Uh, I like how he deals with the coaches, the players, uh, his wife. It's the his same. Daughter. Damn, they're the same. Yeah, he's like this is Coach Taylor. Like he gives it to you how you would expect him to as a good football coach. And there's something to be said about like he's brutally honest. Not in a hurtful way, not in a negative way, but in a, all right, let's take an evaluation of what's going on here. And he give it to you raw, and you make your adjustments from there. He does a great job at that. I love the uh, the storyline uh, when Mac said the shit about <laughs> the, the black football yeah. players. And I like how he handled it. Like, he didn't come out and necessarily condemn him. But he he knew he said something. He let stupid. him know, like, listen, bro, like you sound like a racist. I know you, and I know you're not a racist. But I'm telling you, what you're saying is is wrong. And he did a very good job of relaying that information to somebody who's on the fringe of racism in Mac, and letting them understand how it sounded to everybody else who ain't down here in Texas. Those two, three episodes. Oh, that was good, bro. bro. That was fire. The, the 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 issues that they were able to take on, and especially in like, one season, man, is great. That's one of the benefits of having twenty two episodes. But when they were talking about the race, and he made the comments about some players are fit for this, and some players are that, like the age old story of black people not playing quarterback. Like, all of that stuff was entrenched in there. And for Peter Berg, again, giving him his flowers to tackle those issues. And even, like, not pressure under the rug, but three episodes long, the players may not play and making it a really big deal. I think that was fascinating. Yeah, That yeah. was fascinating. Yeah, that was like, really good TV. Like you said, like, the way he communicates, like, that's the biggest thing about Coach T. Like, he knows how – like, the only time you see him soften up is when he's around his wife yeah. or Julie. And, and even then, that's a little mm -hmm. bit – Different and then with he Julie. Right back. He, yeah, right he get back, right yeah. back to it. He'll, he he don't matter. He'll get in everybody's ass when he needs to. Yep. Like no matter what. Like again, I can't wait to talk about season two as far as his like how he he deals with that. But I, he's just he's just a great coach. I would want my son. I want my daughter. Anybody like yeah, my I son one hundred percent going to play for Dylan exactly because he <laughs> gonna get you a scholarship yeah, at the yeah, least. Very. <laughs> um, but. It's funny that we uh, talk about Coach Taylor because when you talk about Coach Taylor, you got to talk about Buddy Garrity. That's my guy. Hey. One what? of my favorite characters. Buddy Garrity is one of the best B characters in all, TV history. All time. What are two words like, you could, What are the two words that you think of when you think about Buddy Garrity? Dedication, man. First is dedication. His dedication to the Dillon Panthers football team is astounding. And also, too, uh, dedication and loyalty. Like, even with all the different things that happen is it's, it's kind of questioned a couple of times like his loyalty for coach Taylor but in the end he comes through as far as you know that being his guy i just think that that buddy is that he's that necessary evil 
in places like Texas and football programs like the Dillon Panthers, like the stuff that has to happen in the gray area, like the, the things that need to be get done when you need a Voodoo Williams on your team or you need a mailbox posted up in the middle of nowhere for like people to use as an address, that's Buddy Garrity. And you need those people when he plays the role well, and I, I like it. I, um, what do you think? I, I, I want to steal what you said, necessary evil. Those are the two words that I could probably think of. But I'll stick to what mine's are. I'll say Sour Patch. Cause he's like those sour, those sour patch commercials, right? He's sweet, you know, like he he does some sour shit, but then he ends up doing something sweet. Like yeah. he's flawed, but he's also loyal, like you said. And he's flawed because as in the first season we see him, you know, not only how he gets down and gets busy as a booster, and how influential boosters are in high school sports or even mm -hmm. college sports too. If, do your research. There's plenty of documentaries I can show you that. But how how influential he, his voice is. Cause he's right by Coach Taylor when he really shouldn't be, but he's right there with him. But also, he's just a flawed man as far as not only on the field but dealing with his personal life, like yeah. him cheating on his wife, and how that blew up. And this is a small town, so like again, when the rumors come out, the rumors come out, and that and see how that fucks him up. You would think he would like for all that he has, you would think he would understand the the value yeah. in that and, and how one thing can mess that up. up the whole empire, but he he didn't, and he he kind of. I think he kind of felt like he was bigger than he was the town of Dillon, and he, he, is, and he got humble. He Dillon football. That's yeah, he, he got humble. So I, I, I think like you said, Buddy Garrett is one of the greatest B line characters oh ever. God. He up there with like all of the B line. And I liked characters. how they they how, how they woven in characters with each other. Yeah, like, like everybody interacts with each other. Like you're in the town. Yeah. Like one of the best things, like some of the best series that my favorite, the the actual place. Is almost like a character. The Wire, Baltimore is like a character. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, Westeros, all of the different places that you went to, they were characters. Even in The Sopranos, New Jersey was a an additional character. They've done this also with the uh, Friday Night Lights. You're like Dylan, like the town is a character in this story. And when you're able to incorporate the place into the the, the storyline, I think that it makes the series that much better. And it, and it kind of reminds me of like Marvel, like the, the yeah, MCU. Like it's, a like, world. It, it's like, yeah, like this is a like this is the Dylan cinematic the Dylan universe. Yeah, exactly. like it's like you have these characters and, and every character gets their time to shine. Mm -hmm. Like not only just one beat, but like multiple scenes. Like we even see Smash and Lila talk, which you never really see. Right. Like she even addresses that in the in the episode right. where they talk like it but it all made sense for why he would talk to her. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, I loved how that, but let going back to coach T <laughs> for all the shit that we just said, as far as thanking him and all that, after they win the state champ, they end up getting mm. to the state championship. Uh, and we'll go back to voodoo. Cause I want to yeah. touch on voodoo for a little bit, but were you surprised that he left after this first season? Like he, like no matter what they did, I was thinking like, did he really leave? Cause I forgot about this show. Like what actually happened? Yeah. I just, I, didn't I remember, I, I remember more about the last two seasons than the first three. Uh, Cause I think it's only five seasons. Yeah. I didn't remember him leaving that early. I remember him going to the college and taking that positions role. And uh, I didn't, you're right. I mean, I thought it was middle of the second season though, but that's actually when he came back. Uh, we're spoiling it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, was, was, I was about to say we spoiling. Yeah, we're spoiling. Fuck spoiling out of this yeah, like that. My bad if you ain't seen that. But yeah, I, I I didn't expect him to leave, but also the way that they painted it in the show, it was it was acceptable. Like that was the natural career progression for him. Like you win a state championship in Texas, the college comes, you get to be a position coach, a couple years. Hopefully, you get to go somewhere and be a head coach in college and you keep moving up from there. So I think that he had to take that opportunity. I'm not sure how much of a powerhouse, like what class Dylan was in, if they were five, six, seven, whatever, A in Texas, that would have let me know more so, uh, you know, his stability as far as his job and how much accreditation he get from that, like winning the state title as the what Dylan Panthers head coach, like how much that means in Texas and how much more – the college job means in Texas. So I wouldn't want to compare those two, but I don't think it was a – he didn't give him a raw deal. He wanted to stay with him. So you would have done the same thing? Yeah. Because like you said at the beginning, Jason, he came for Jason. Now Jason's hurt. I got Matt Saracen to a fucking state title. Like y'all gave me scraps here. I did, did what I had to do, and boom, we out. And uh, I appreciate y'all for the opportunity. I want to left it just to be a QB coach. Yeah, it was. That was a position. I mean, but that's but how I, you start but, position coaches. You, but sorry, but I – and that's that's basically what he did. That was his mm -hmm. best uh, yeah. attribute is that he could make any QB, make QB serviceable. Yeah. 
but still, like for especially, I mean, obviously he got more benefits and more money, but ha- him having to go to Austin and he was dealing with that against uh, going against the family as far as they wanted to stay, and he was like, "This is what I've been trying to do all my life. Like, this mm-hmm. is the whole point of us moving yep. all this time was for me to get to the college level." But it seemed like it felt like one of those like romantic comedies where it's just like. Oh, you the the, come the girl that I was supposed to be with was here the whole time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. I, like. And to me, it was like you could see that early, and I think you could even felt it from him. Like, th- for me, like when Tammy told him that we, I'm pregnant again, I was like, all right, I'm staying. I'm not going because he trying to, more money though. That was the thing. Like he was getting paid. Did more he? Because he came back. I mean, well, they going they, into they two, said did well. We'll get into that in the season. Yeah, we'll two, get into that yeah. season two. But like he needed more money. I don't think money was. I think it was just more about his dream. And I think like it was money. If we, I think at some point they had a conversation about what the compensation was. Compensation was when he came back. Uh, Compensation, because he was making good money before he left. They never argued about money until he left. I thought he needed more money because of the new addition to the family. Nah, throughout the season they talk about like, oh, I'm getting, there's a person at the University of Texas or whatever. It was like uh, TMU or whatever. Like they're, they're. Looking at him like it was like this is the dream. This is what you. That's why when she was like, I don't want you to stay, because he told her like I could stay. She's like, no, nah, I don't want you to stay because I don't want you to resent me for giving up on your dream. Like, this is what you've been trying to do. It was more about fulfilling his goal, but he realized, like, it's the detriment to my family Like as we get into the second season. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, <laughs> man. What did you want to say about Voodoo? Voodoo, because we get to the uh, state championship, we'll, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap up. I got a couple last few short things, but we'll wrap up with the state championship. Uh, I like this character, this, the actor. Cause he plays on another show that I like City on the Hill on Showtime. If you haven't seen it, it's a really man. Cool. With I Kevin watching it, yeah, Kevin Bacon he got the fucked up eye. Yeah, yeah. man, I, I, that's where I knew him from. Yeah, man. man, watch that whole season. That season, Kevin Bacon. I haven't good. seen. I haven't seen Kevin Bacon act man, that well. I forgot since. about that show. I watched the first. I'm gonna tell you, it was something that got me out of there to go on a small tangent. It was like with his brother or some shit. Like, like Kevin Bacon's brother was like going on. Like, some weird happened with him. Like in the, in the rain on the steps or some shit. Like I, I can't remember, but I was like, "Fuck this! I ain't want to see it no more." It was just so unrealistic. Oh yeah, yeah. it don't take number smart shit for me to stop watching. See, you show, guys, see, I, I I just I see things through. I won't go if I just watch a full I, season I or something. Quit. I'll stop after like I won't go to the second season, but I'll at least watch the full season. Like I'm there with Westworld now. Like I'm done. I'm done. I'm with done with Westworld. Yeah, oh, I gave up with Westworld, God. but I'm already I'm three did seasons. Did you finish in. the third season? I did not. I didn't care uh, to. Like I stopped after like the third episode. Cause I was like, like you, we was talking about. I was like, bro, fam, this shit has gone over my head. You, you should just watch it to the end, just to like marvel in how bad it is. Like I have no idea what was going on. I watched every episode. I, I have no. I listen to podcasts. I, I watched the recap on YouTube. I had no idea what was going on. We gonna have to that do that there. Crazy. I may have to watch it <laughs> just, just to have that crazy. conversation. Um, but Voodoo, I, I, I liked Voodoo's character because again. And this is one of my probably gripes with the show, especially the first season, is like the black characters mm. and how much, how much they try to throw in the like them just being black. Yeah, like how that <laughs> affected them. Like all the black characters really mostly focused in on themselves and not more the team. They had to actually come to the team mm. later on. And the white characters, it was never about the team. It was more about just something that I'm going through right now, a personal struggle. The, the team was never like they no, always knew the team comes first. That's a good but the black characters was like, nah, fuck the team. If it come down to it, and yeah. early like Voodoo came on the scene early. Like I'm from Louisiana, I ain't from here. Fuck y'all, oh, nigga. No, y'all. He came. He told Coach like, look, that bag to come here. We, he said this is an arranged marriage. Like you know what I'm saying. Like th- we we are just here to see this through. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Coach Taylor ain't gonna fuck with no nigga like that. But I don't know. I, do you, I, I, do you, so you don't think Coach was wrong in that situation? Uh, no, because you gotta buy. It's Bella. He's Belichick. You gotta buy into the system. Like for me, it, but how do you the the that part? I understand the throwing interception, him doing wrong. But then, how do you address that in front of the team with a new guy? Obviously, he's not. Are you talking about him uh, letting him start over Saracen? Well, not that that, but him starting over Saracen. Coach made the decision. You go in there, you do what you want to, and obviously the wrong thing. So now, over here on the sideline or in the locker room, as the coach. How do I reprimand you without it getting to that point where you feel like you have to yell at me? We got That's a, that's after the game. Win, mm-hmm. lose, or draw. Talk to me after the game. We can make adjustments. It's not. This is not the championship game. This is like our season still continues. Obviously, you can see they could take a loss and get to right. the state championship game, even though there was some shit that happened. They could still take a loss and get to the state championship game. I think 
for as a player, you should always respect the coach, and as a coach, you should always respect the player. And I think that those were like Coach T gave him a lot of leeway. Like he even let him start as soon as he got there with little or no time to really understand the system and how things run in Dylan. So the least that he could do, Voodoo could do, is like, look, coach, this is what I this is what I like to do. These plays I like to run. This is where my talents could probably use best. Can we implement this in the system? But obviously, no. Voodoo <laughs> Voodoo was the complete opposite. He came out there, didn't listen to no him. plays. Did his own thing. They won the game. Yeah. But that was after he got benched. Yeah, and and like I say, I think that it's always a wild card in somebody like that in the middle of the season, like a hired gun. They talk against it in the NBA or wherever it may be, just putting the hired guns in your team because it fucks up the chemistry. And we've seen how, you know, seeing your head coach going going at it with your starting quarterback is never good. I do think they, they tied Coach Taylor's hands with that. And every time that he was in a situation where his hands was tied, he came out on top. I, I like how he handled the situation. He had to let dude know, hey, this ain't your team, boss. I don't give a fuck how you got here or where you're going to go when you leave here. But right now, like, you here and it's my team. And he did that with Matt. He did it with Smash. He did Tim. it with Tim. He did it with everybody and letting them know. Even with uh, the, the assistant coach. Yeah. Right, this is my team. It's my squad. And uh, I think he does a very good job of of marking his territory without without being an asshole with it. Like, because yeah, yeah. when you when you say that, it's like, oh, it sounds like a kid. Like, these are my toys. Nah, like, nah, I this is this my shit. like this is my team. They put me in a head coaching position to make the hard decisions. Mm-hmm. So if you are not a part of again, like Belichick, if you don't buy in, you can get out, you can get out. Exactly. Um, last two points. Um, Tim Riggins as a fullback, does that not sound like so ancient to you? <laughs> like how how but important high school football it does it. Fullbacks are very fullbacks are one of the I know when I was in high school, I was way back, fullback is like one of the marquee players. Like you usually play fullback linebacker, you're usually the tough guy, you usually this is usually Tim Riggins. You yeah. get the bitches, you kinda slow. All of that shit that <laughs> Tim Riggins was, it was the fullback. So I mean it, it kinda because all of it hit all of the stereotypes, I think that it it didn't feel dated to me, even though the fullbacks like last time you seen one in football. I, even though I have one on my Madden franchise, you gotta have one though. Yeah, I got one. Just if you got, if you care about the run game, yeah. you gotta have one. But yeah, I see what you're saying now. But he hit all the he hit all the mark points of being a classic fullback and not running people over with the, the truck stick, all of that shit. Tim Riggins was a good football player. They didn't ever show him on defense though. Nah, they they um, none of them niggas played defense. Nah, none of them niggas. No, they, they everybody didn't, was on offense. They didn't get. They don't. I don't think they get to defense till later on in the series. As far as like yeah. people, star players Man, on, on defense. defense yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody care about offense. You don't, especially on a TV show, it's hard to make people ca- to understand football, let alone on. the defensive side. Um, but Eric Taylor slash Kyle Chandler—that's the guy who plays Eric Taylor. Looking at how great this first season was, and as the series goes on, he's just a great actor. I'm surprised he wasn't in more shit after this. You're right. I said the same thing watching this. I'm like, man, I can't believe that he didn't play in more shit. Even though he got some roles out there, some pretty. The I most think, recent thing I've seen him in was the Godzilla movie with. Uh, that's what it was. That's the big movie that he was in Godzilla with. Um, I think Eleven from Stranger Things. Really? Yeah. What's I her see name? Him Bobby like, Brown. That's yeah. Like, Bobby <laughs> Brown. I see Bobby Millie Brown. Uh, I see him like in a, in a B roll every now and then and some yeah. shit. I can't remember what movie. He was in some was. other movie yeah, too. It's yeah, like some war movie or some shit like that. He was playing like a reporter or some shit. But um, I think he dude is a great actor. He. He was born for this football Man, in Texas. He, like, role. I believe like, it's him. I feel, yeah, exactly. Like, that's like him, and he's acting in all the other roles, but he, like, 100%, he embodied this this role. Yeah, so, like, those are the, the, the one of the last two things. But, like, again, like, what this show talks about in this first season alone, if, if you're not captivated by, by it, then I don't know. I, that, that says to me a lot of you about you as a yeah, TV viewer, because as much as they try to, you would think they were trying to, they're throwing too much. But like Spike said, twenty two episodes, you could, and they're all like forty five minutes to an hour long, mm-hmm. so they can dive into many storytelling. It made me want to uh, ask you this last point, as far as are the best TV shows the ones that have multiple storylines? Yes, when they're good. When they're good, like Game of Thrones, and you can jump from place to place. Those are the best ones. Uh, when they don't try to do too much and an example i give one to do too much um boardwalk empire did you watch it i heard more about it than watched it boardwalk empire had a storyline of like this the, the jimmy character people would know who i'm talking about and his mom that shit was like completely insane it had nothing to do with nothing i hate when you have to go to a place for three or four minutes and it throw all the uh 
it throw everything off as far as the pace of the show, and then you got to go back. So yeah, they I think they did a good job with it though. Because I asked that question because it made me think about like shows like, and obviously it's not on the same beat, but like Insecure, oh, like right. Insecure is mostly about two characters, right? For the most part, and they they have other characters, but it's mostly just about two. However, at this point of the season and the series. I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to think like why they should have had more. They need to add more people. Even though it's only a half hour show, so yeah. obviously maybe two is the best. But for some of the storylines that they focus in on a little bit, it'd be like I'd rather you focus on this other character who's super interesting, way more than this motherfucker right now. I got to double back on insecure. I stopped. Yeah, you slipping. Like you slipping. One and a half. You slipping. I'm one and a half. I'm it's like, a good. It's a good watch, especially with your girl. Like, bro, it's a good watch. True. I, I I could see that, but I just I'm stubborn on it. Yeah, we'll get that out of you. <laughs> well, listen, uh, man. Friday Night Lights is a must-see series. We're gonna break down season two as well. Uh, we just had to do this because we were watching it during the quarantine, and man, it stood out to us so well. Uh, so we appreciate people jumping in, joining us for this. If you got any comments or questions, don't feel free to uh, reach out to us about it. Yeah, um, make sure you check out uh, FPS Podcast on Reddit, IG, and Twitter. For any comments, let us know what you think about this series and what series we should watch. Also, make sure you check out On Deck TV podcast uh, for all your hip hop shit reviews. Uh, they also do uh, their own um, frames type of uh, yeah. series, uh, Snow School. Exactly. Snow School will be back for season four of Snowfall, the FX original series. We are the unofficial official podcast of that. Uh, so y'all... St- Check us out. I'm putting together the next season now. We're going to do some deep dives on some characters, kind of flesh out a little bit, do some stuff before the season starts to give us some uh, uh, some running ground. So me and Nick will be in on that. Yeah, and, I, and as you could tell, nothing but spoilers on this. So if you click, Facts. as soon as you hit the first sentence, Spoiler we spoiling alert. everything. <laughs> So, come here looking for no preview Exactly, nah, nah, nah. We ain't saving shit for y'all. Y'all just go watch it and come back to us. So we appreciate the listen, but that's us for this week. We out. Peace.